Happy Halloween! Welcome to What the Hell Happened. My name is Esther, and today I am here with the ever-radiant Alice. I like that. I'm so <laughs> glad you're back. <laughs> Thank I, you. I missed you. Uh, me too. I've been doing episodes with boys forever. Yeah. And, but I just get to see like another adult, and that's really exciting yeah. for me. <laughs> you have a blanket, which you always have, yes. and we're adulting, sort of. Well, oh, it's what we do called adulting. Absolutely not. No. I am snuggled in a blanket. <laughs> yes. Drinking my beverage. Yes. Really enjoying myself. Not even an adult beverage. It's just water. That's right. It's just water. <laughs> it's just water. We could put something in it, <sighs> but I wouldn't be able to read <laughs> if we did that, and this would suck. <laughs> so... So you guys went on vacation last month. We did. Went out to the Outer Banks, and it was wonderful. Until everybody caught the plague. (laughs) Until everyone got sick. Our kids took whatever ailment they had with them and infected the entire house of all full eight bedrooms of us. Yes. And maybe possibly the entire region of the Outer Banks. All of it. And then... I was lucky enough to not get it till we got home. Yeah. But the day we got home, I got it really terribly. So yes. I spent like another two weeks down. I I am aware, and I can edit this out if you want me to, but this was quite arguably the weirdest sickness I have ever. And it's kind of appropriate for Halloween. It, <laughs> because yes. it's terrifying. I had blood coming out of my eyeballs. <laughs> not just that, my father. Had blood coming out of his eyeballs. Maybe we are possessed. I don't know. Y'all, when she told me this, I was like, what? And then I told Mr. Lockwood about it. You guys can't see Mr. Lockwood, and he's usually pretty much an expressionless person. Yeah, he's a robot. Yeah, he's he's totally a robot. You guys can hear that in his voice, but you can't see his face. He actually made a a facial expression when I told him about how sick she was, and I started telling him about her eyes, and he... Look like he might pass out. <laughs> he was very, very concerned for your well-being. Yeah, he did. I I am was shocked as well to see him yeah. react. But you're good now after two rounds of antibiotics. Yes. All better. Thank goodness. Your eyes look nice and clear today. I That's right. I can open my eyeballs. Oh my I can even speak. I don't sound like a frog. Yeah. We just grossed so many people out. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that's that. That's okay. Sorry, not sorry note actually question to the world of what the hell happened how many people have ever heard of bleeding out of the eyeballs from a sinus infection yeah is that a thing yeah let us know because i don't think it is that is what we were told is that it is just a severe sinus infection but there was blood coming out of my eyeballs and now my father was also told it was just a severe sinus infection also has blood coming out of his eyeballs. Never so. in a million years have I heard that. And that's why it was so disturbing. Oh, it was disturbing already. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine. Very, very gross. So happy Halloween, everybody. That's right. <laughs> that's Alice's horror story for the month. Ugh. And it sucks because you were supposed to have a Halloween party. I know. Had to cancel Had, Halloween Yeah. Party. We don't want your bleeding eye syndrome. So Absolutely no. not. She wasn't willing to pass that on to the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, I would have still came, obviously, but, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Again, 
I'm just happy to people today. <laughs> right? You need it. You needed this story time. I, I have know. not peopled in a long time. I know. <laughs> I know, honey. I'm going to tell you a story, though. Would you like to hear a story? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> so this is our, obviously, Halloween episode. And today we're going to be discussing your favorite, Alice, witches. Yes. And the story of a lady named Mary Bateman who was accused of witchcraft. Okay. All right. Have you ever heard of Mary Bateman? Uh, nope. So how, what era are we talking about? 1700s. Oh, so like old. So like. Like good old witch, witches. Yeah. Good yeah. old witches. You yeah. told me you wanted witches. So. Okay. I like it. So I've heard this story a couple of times, but I kind of felt like you hadn't. And there's probably people out there that haven't. So we're going to do it. Because okay. I feel like it is. Not a modern witch story, which I didn't want to do. I went up and above you for you. Did. You I did. really did. I really did. That is freaking adorable. <laughs> yeah, I made like a little presentation for Alice that I'm showing her on the TV as we go along. So it's got videos in it. Oh. I don't I have any excited. videos to show you, obviously, because... <laughs> They didn't have that. <laughs> Darn it. They didn't. In the 1700s, no. they did not have no. video. I have crude sketches for you. Oh, instead. okay. <laughs> okay. I appreciate it. At least there's crude sketches. I did my best. <laughs> I did my best. All right. So first, we're going to start with a little bit of history. <laughs> the concept of witchcraft and the belief in its existence have persisted throughout history. It has been found at various times and in many forms among cultures worldwide and continues to have an important role in some cultures today. Most societies have believed in and feared the ability by some individuals to cause supernatural harm and misfortune to others. Traditionally, witchcraft was used by the witch against her own community and was seen as immoral and often thought to have involvement with evil beings. Powers of witchcraft were believed to have been acquired through inheritance or initiation. Witchcraft could be thwarted by defensive magic, persuasion, intimidation, or physical punishment of the alleged witch. I mean, I feel like... I don't like that you said it was originally thought to be bad against their own members. Against their community. You're right. Like the town. Their well, own community. Because I feel like that wasn't ever. That wasn't. That is never the original. Well, like, and how much of this do we, are we like, you know, this is super old. Like, how much of that do we really know? I was there. Oh, well, <laughs> Okay. Damn, you should have wrote this. That's right. I was there, and I was definitely not doing black magic. <laughs> now that I find hard to believe. <laughs> I, I actually do, too. I, I don't trust that. Either. No. Because no. I would definitely be smiting some oh, bitches. Yes, there'd be smiting left and right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alice wakes up, smites a little. Yep. Go to the bathroom, smite. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't like the groceries in your cart, smite. Absolutely. All right. Well, that is a good lead into spell casting. Oh, okay. Probably the best known characteristic of a witch is their ability to cast a spell or a set of words, a verse, or ritual, 
or a combination of these, employed to do magic. Spells traditionally were cast by many methods, such as the incantation of runes or sigils on an object to give that object magical powers. By the binding of wax, clay, or a doll's likeness of a person to affect them magically. By the recitation of incantations, by the performance of physical rituals, by the employment of magical herbs, amulets, or potions. Spells could also be cast by gazing at mirrors, swords, or other reflective surfaces for the purposes of divination. This is called scrying, whereby one looks into a reflective object in the hope of detecting significant messages or visions. No. I would avoid that at all costs. <laughs> I do not like looking at mirrors. Have you ever looked into a mirror and just stared at yourself for a length of time, like right in the eyes? It is freaky. You start to wonder if you exist. Absolutely. (laughs) And then like a mirror that you can see underneath your bed in your bedroom. Oh, hell no. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Nope. Mirrors have like, every time I look at one, I feel like someone or something is going to climb out of it. Other than you is looking back. Absolutely. (laughs) Every time. Every time I see a mirror, I feel like I may be attacked at any moment. There's definitely something You told me one time about never sleeping with your feet toward a door. We had our bed in a spot where our feet were facing, not the wall the door was on, but the door was kind of in the corner, close enough. Also where I was laying, looked into our bathroom that is off of our bedroom, and I have a long, full-length mirror in there that when you look into the bathroom, it's right on that back wall. So I, for the first two years we lived here, had a really hard time sleeping. Like, I was always up and down and uncomfortable, and I would have to put headphones on and listen to, like, sleeping podcasts just to go to sleep, and I was always weirded out. Like, the doors had to be closed and whatever, but we just recently got a new mattress, moved the bed, we put the headboard on the wall that the door is on, now my feet face just the middle of the room, and I can't even tell you, not being able to see into the bathroom and see that mirror and having my feet not face that door, I sleep like a baby now and have for months. It's insane. Like, I was like fascinated. I obviously remembered what you told me, but I was also like, nah. But as soon as we move that bed, I, I, I am so much more rested than I was. Because you don't feel like you're being watched. Yeah. Or like if you fall asleep, somebody's going to fucking pull on your feet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Super creepy. So yeah, the mirror thing, I, I don't have any desire to try scrying. But I have looked in the mirror at my own eyes for like you know, full minute. I don't know if you've ever done that, but it is freaky. Like, it is very freaky. You, like, snap out, like, what just happened? Yeah, like, three hours later. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in here for three hours. Why isn't my makeup done? Like, this hey. sucks. If I'm going to disappear for three hours in my own brain, could I at least have been, like, doing my hair while I was gone? That'd be nice. So that brings us to necromancy or the conjuring of dead. Necromancy is the practice of conjuring the spirits of the dead for divination or prophecy, although the term has also been applied to raising the dead for other purposes. Zombies. Zombies. Fucking zombies. 
Basically, what's his name from Hocus Pocus? Billy. Billy. Right. Yeah. That was a Billy thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And <sighs> Doug Jones oh, is yes. literally the best person. He really is. Like, he any disgusting creature yes it's doug jones well he always plays those really gnarly nasty creatures but i have heard people that have met him say that he is the sweetest person like he's so nice but he always plays those characters because he is literally so thin skinny he looks like a skeleton you can build anything onto him and he'll still look like a skeleton yeah because he's so little he's amazing but disney with the hocus pocus release made a line of purses what for hocus pocus and one of them is billy and doug jones signed oh crap or some how are you gonna get your hands on that because i know you need one how do i make that happen anybody out there not that you owe us anything but if you know how to get your hands on this purse i want it alice would probably come live with you for like a week I mean, I not that that's like something you want, <laughs> right. but you know, I don't do dishes, I don't cook, <laughs> but she could coupon the shit out of your that's pantry. Right. I could do that. <laughs> that's right. She'd also love your dogs if you mm. had dogs. The dogs would be very happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so next we're going to talk about thwarting witchcraft. Societies that believe in witchcraft also believe that it could be thwarted in various ways. One way was to use protective magic or counter magic. This included charms, talismans, and amulets, anti-witch marks, witch bottles, and burying objects such as skulls inside the walls of buildings. Shut the front door. Which is basically just, you're witchcrafting the witchcraft. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, I've heard all of that, though, except for the skulls in your walls. Another believed cure for bewitchment was to persuade or force the alleged witch to lift the spell. Often people would attempt to ward off the witchcraft by physically punishing the alleged witch, such as by banishing, wounding, torturing, or killing them. However, in most societies, a legal route was preferred... (laughs) to this sort of private action. The alleged witch would be prosecuted and then formally punished if found guilty and often resulted in execution. No shit. So, I mean, who cares if your neighbors beat you up and kill you? That honestly would be the quicker way to go than having to go through the legal system and just, like, know that it's going to end the same way. It's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen anyway. Accusations of witchcraft the best part everybody was a fucking witch in the 1700s even alice who was there i was there she was the witchiest witch and she was just throwing fingers left and right blaming people (laughs) well you were trying to distract from your own witchiness (laughs) that's That's what you were up to i feel like that's all that happened in the 1700s though reasons for accusations of witchcraft generally fall into four categories slut (laughs) <laughs> is number one. Whore. <laughs> oh, we got all the witch words. <laughs> a person was caught in the act of positive or negative sorcery, not oh. fucking your husband. <laughs> that's not what I thought. That's why I paused because I was waiting for you to chime in. A well-meaning sorcerer or healer lost their clients or the authorities' trust. 
Because it's cool to be a witch as long as you don't piss you, anybody off. As long as you're benefiting the government. Yes. The second you're no longer benefiting the government, gallows. it's off with your head. Gallows for you. Yep. Correct. Another way to be accused of witchcraft is if a person did nothing more than feud or make enemies with their neighbors, which... Slut. It, <laughs> I mean, if that's the route you're going to piss your neighbors off, sure. <laughs> but fair. I think that's utterly terrifying because, like, what if my neighbor just sees me out one day and doesn't like the hoodie I'm wearing? And now they're pissed off and they're going to accuse me of being a witch. Or the creepy devil shirt you have on. <laughs> now listen you know very well this is from stranger things i know i have the hellfire club t-shirt on and it does have a double face on it it does but have a double face. i kind of thought it was lightweight appropriate for oh, this episode absolutely. and also lightweight appropriate to go yard sailing with a three-year-old today <laughs> <laughs> who did not like my shirt. He did not. He and, made eye contact mm-hmm. with the devil and, and didn't like it. And then accused me of witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes, he he was not loving it. I had to keep my my coat closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the last way that you could be accused of witchcraft is if a person was reputed to have been a witch and surrounded with an aura of witch beliefs or occultism. Oh, an aura of beliefs. I mean, I feel like you have checked off every mark. Every one of these yes. pertains to you. I know, I know that. Well, your neighbors think you're a devil worshiper. They do. Because you decorate for Halloween. But you also have children, so I just think that's silly. But I saw the ghosts in your front yard last year. They were the cutest little cute, not scary ghosts. And, and I don't know how anyone could think like, which <laughs> I had they were adorable one skull outside yeah it was a large one like a very large oh skull, yeah yeah, but yeah I did have one skull outside everything else was like super kid friendly yeah well <laughs> they saw that one skull skull and thought immediately that you were like putting curses on people brewing oh, yes. potions in your backyard mm-hmm. I've been invited to church a lot <laughs> have you oh yes as oh, a matter of God. fact Last Saturday, my husband came back across the street with four bags of bread because the neighbor does a bread ministry at church. They blessed that bread and sent it your way? They sure did. They gave us the body of Christ is what they did. They gave you four loaves of the body of Christ? Yeah. That's a lot of body of Christ. Yeah. And we ate the shit out of it. Did it remedy your witch, your witchiness? Absolutely Are, not. No. I still put those decorations That's out. Right. That's what it was. They thought that they were going to like make you stop putting out Halloween stuff. That just kills me. Like <laughs> some people just have no sense of humor when it comes to that kind of stuff. No. I cannot believe they did that. <laughs> it was either that or they put arsenic in it, but you're still here, so we're but, here. I mean, if you're a witch. Again. Mm. We were bleeding out of the eyeball. That, right? <laughs> the like, bread was after the, bread the bleeding was... out of the eyeballs. Yeah. Oh, girl. <laughs> we there's there. A lot of people are going to be highly concerned about you. <laughs> I really, I really wish a lot more people were concerned. About me. I really hope that your neighbors didn't see the blood from the eyeballs. Did not because that would have been literally the nail in your coffin. <laughs> they would lynch me. Yeah. Yeah, with your own Halloween decorations. (laughs) You know what, though? If there was any way you were going to go, 
that'd probably be your favorite. Yeah. yeah. And leave me in the front yard. Yeah. Use me as a decoration. Yeah. Till at least next year. Yeah. <laughs> so I have the right patina. That's right. Exactly. I have that weathered look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Most switches can be placed into one of three categories. Yes. I which which of the three do I <laughs> do I fit into? The, this first one, you ready? Okay, yeah. The neighborhood witch. Oh, that's or <laughs> social witch. This witch is the one who curses a neighbor following a dispute. Definitely you. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. Except they give you bread then, which is <laughs> <Right>? weird. <laughs> they don't. I don't know. You got some weird neighbors. <laughs> the ma- the next one is the magical or sorcerer witch. This type can be a professional healer, a sorcerer, a seer, or a midwife, or a person who has, through magic, increased their fortune due to neighborhood or community rivalries. The third kind of witch is the supernatural witch. This is the type portrayed in court narratives as demons appearing in visions and dreams. See, I don't think think you're that kind of witch. You don't appear to me. In my dreams. Visions. You don't dream about me? Uh, you don't appear to me. Like, it maybe if you tried harder. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Why are you not dreaming about me every night? I try so hard. It's because I moved the bed. That's what it is. <laughs> it is. You fucked my shit up. Right. See, you were coming through the mirror and, yeah. And now you can't. Yeah. You just can't even try harder (laughs) that's right (laughs) so we all know and have heard there are a number of ways to determine if a person is a witch so we're going to talk about some of the tests to determine if people are witches some of the more common ones are dunking and submersion or simply finding artifacts such as spell books ointments poppets which are kind of a voodoo doll in the suspected witch's home and of course your neighbors just calling you out. So that's, you know, it's not a test, but again, we're just throwing fingers. That's like, right. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. We, facts don't matter. I mean, I feel like when they send you bread, you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blessed bread. So here are a few tests to determine if someone is a witch that you probably haven't heard of, but maybe you have. So the first one we're going to talk about is called the touch test. Have you ever heard about this one? No. The touch test is a test that is all about the performance. If an afflicted person throwing fits and thrashing around uh, suddenly becomes calm after the accused witch places her hand on him or her, then the toucher is most certainly a witch. This is said to be because all of the venom and evil toxins that were in the afflicted person's soul have returned to their evil host. Oh. Yeah. So basically you could thrash around on the ground, someone touches you, and you just stop thrashing. So So it is like a performance, and that's how you get them in trouble. So essentially any home health aid that helps any person. Yes. Is a witch. Yes. Just say it. Why the fuck are we punishing all our healers? Literally, 80% of what you just said, the reasoning for being a witch, is positive shit. Right, because they're trying to help a person. Right. Yeah. They're helpful-ass people. 
Okay, so the next one that we're going to talk about is something called witch cake, which I know interests you. Is this like Hansel and Gretel shit? I wish. So when I first saw this, I laughed so hard because I was like, huh, I probably like witch cake. <laughs> <laughs> but when you hear about it, it's not going to sound tasty anymore. Oh, I know. I know. I'm going to ruin witch cake for you. In this voodoo-inspired test, the ingredients of the cake were rye meal and the urine of the person said to be the afflicted by the witch's evil incantations. Yes. So rye meal and urine. Pea bread. <laughs> Are you sure that's not what you got I know. from the neighbor? <laughs> maybe I got pea bread. Uh, maybe. <laughs> they were testing you. So the test... This cake was fed to dogs, after which the alleged witch would scream out in pain because in the process of cursing the victims, she sent invisible particles of evil that would show up in the urine. The cake, then, was effectively a voodoo doll of herself in a way. My brain hurts after thinking about that. But I love that there's a pea cake happening. <laughs> right. So it's the witch's pea that is baked into said bread. And then they feed the bread to the dog. And then the witch is in pain because her urine is in the fucking dog. I think. I This one was hard for me. When you originally said the afflicted. It says the afflicted. I would assume that that is the person that the witch had cursed. Yes. Yes. But the way that. it continues doesn't sound that way. Yeah. It, it's So I don't know if that's a mistake not on my part or, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And these are like old, so maybe there's some kind of lost in translation thing happening. But when I found this one, I read it like four times and I was like, because witch cake. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I really, I like it, but like, I was, I don't know. I was either thinking something was going to happen to the dog. Sure. Because <clears throat> you have. No, the, the dog fetch- gets a free pea cake. Yeah. <laughs> the dog just gets to eat some fucking pea cake. Yeah. That's what fucking dogs do anyway. Right, Who the right. fuck cares? Lick my own ass, <laughs> lick your pea cake. <laughs> Doesn't right. matter. Whatever, I'll eat it. <laughs> yeah. The witch is just immediately going to scream because a dog. <laughs> oh no and shit the pea cake out the dog has to shit the pea cake out <laughs> why every time why every time when you say pea cake it just reminds me of like a urinal cake that's what it is right it's like yeah. made with rye i don't know why do they call those cake why is the word cake in there why couldn't it be like a urinal disc or a urinal it really should be I don't know why it's I'm going to call cake. those pea cakes from now on. <laughs> I agree. I think yes. it is a pea cake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Interesting. Yes. So the next test we're going to talk about is called Witch's Teat. Oh. Yeah, I knew you'd be interested. Oh. Have you ever heard the expression, cold is a witch's teat? I have. Okay. Well, here we go. The teat corresponded to any kind of mole or unusual skin blemish, which all witches are characterized to have. The test was that this teat would be pricked with a needle, and if the recipient didn't bleed or feel it, then she was presumed to be a witch. Oftentimes, however, the needles would be purposefully blunted so that it would be easier to prove that the accused was indeed a witch. 
Ugh. Yeah. I had my nipple pierced <laughs> in high school. And that is very, I mean, just, I'm in pain thinking about it. Yes. So maybe you're not a witch, but that makes me sad because I was starting to believe you were. I mean, it didn't bleed. No. Well. Test of faith. The accused would be made to recite the Lord's Prayer without stumbling over words, stammering, or any error at all. Under God's eyes, mistakes are unacceptable. Oh, that's some bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God actually doesn't think that. So now that you have a quick run through of some of the aspects of witches and witchcraft, let me tell you about a woman named Mary Bateman. Using all of your new witch hunting information, let's see if you can figure out what the hell is really happening here. Hmm. Okay. Mary Bateman was born to reputable parents in Yorkshire in 1768. Her family owned a small farm. Mary exhibited an unruly, deceitful, and sly nature as early as five years old. Throughout much of her childhood, she would get into trouble for lying and stealing, for which she would be punished. In 1780, at the age of 12, she was sent from her family's farm to be a servant to other wealthier families. During her time there, she had been guilty of a number of small, relatively unimportant offenses. At the age of 19, in 1787, she moved to York. She had been in the city for no more than 12 months before she was caught stealing some small pieces of property belonging to her mistress. After this, she decided to take off to Leeds and did so in such a hurry that she didn't even wait for her wages or pack her clothes. Bad bitch. She's she running from the laws. What's going on Clearly. here? <laughs> yes. She stole something real extreme. Well, it said small, but that doesn't mean inexpensive, Cheap. right? Right. <laughs> right. Small things yes. are usually expensive things. So more expensive, yes. Once in Leeds, she remained without employment or friends for quite some time. Eventually, an acquaintance of her mother's helped her obtain a job in the shop of a mantua maker or a dressmaker. Now, I have a picture. It is Love that. very, very fancy. It's got the big, it, what, like the wings on the sides that make your hips look like. Yes. Like you'd have to turn sideways to walk through a door okay. in this thing. This brings up a point. Mm -hmm. Can you see the amount of pocket space in that fucking dress <gasps> yes this no pocket shit for women has not is not <laughs> actually a historical thing yeah women did have fucking saddlebags under there oh yeah those bitches could put literally anything a uh, small child on each <laughs> girl <laughs> four boxes of wine fit up under absolutely. there absolutely yeah. you strap one to each thigh and you just have a really long straw coming out between the boobs absolutely yeah. i just made that up but that should have happened it, maybe next year we need a minute. What is this? A minuto? Because <laughs> that is definitely a band. Oh, it's Mantua. I definitely thought you said Menino. <laughs> hmm. Wasn't that Ricky Martin? Yes. <laughs> Ricky Martin was a yes. Menino. Yes. yes. I don't know how I know that because I'm not like a huge Ricky Martin fan or anything, but. You can say that now, but I don't think anyone will believe you. <laughs> I'm dancing. Ale, ale. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. She remained at that job for more than three years. 
At the age of 24, she then met a gentleman by the name of John Bateman. This sounds like a man that is going to accuse his wife of being a witch. After only three weeks of courtship, she and John were married in 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 1992. (laughs) That was a really long, short three years. (laughs) In 1792. Within two months after the marriage, she was found to have been guilty of many frauds, and she only escaped prosecution by persuading her husband to move frequently from place to place so as to escape being apprehended. Can we say... He likes bad girls. He clearly does not mind his wife's way of life because it's exciting right i don't think he needed persuaded to keep moving around she probably was a really good petty thief and uh they got to live and go wherever the fuck they wanted probably every time they moved they had more and more to pack exactly (laughs) and no jobs in those big ass pockets (laughs) (laughs) she just waddled out of the house they're like we're moving They only have like one little suitcase. That's why they. Did. That's why she didn't need to pack anything when she left. She was all wearing a dress like this. It's all under the petticoat. <laughs> oh my god. She she was obviously good at sewing dresses. Do you think she just kept sewing more compartments into it, like as she like was I don't stealing know, stuff? But that sounds like the cargo pants. It really is the cargo pants of dresses. Yeah. Yeah, this thing is wild. I I don't I just don't know. Like you literally couldn't walk through a doorway in this thing. No, you have to turn sideways. Sideways, right? And, unless you're stuffed full of, you know. But that's also to show how skinny they were in those corset tops. They wanted to be sideways. And or the bigger you make your hips look, the smaller your waist looks. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Their life went on like this for some time until poor John was driven nearly mad by the tricks of his wife. Poor John. Sure, sure. We don't believe this. Poor John. So being tired of the drama, he entered supplementary militia that pretty much kept him out of the home sort of indefinitely. Mary was now entirely alone and had to rely on her own resources. She was unable to attain any reputable work. So in 1799, she moved to Marsh Lane near Timble Bridge in Leeds. And I'm going to say that like I know where it is. We're talking in the motherland, right? Yes. And there she set up shop as a fortune teller and dealing in the sale of charms. (laughs) I like her already. (laughs) That's not her. Oh, shit. (laughs) What is with these people's eyeballs? Where's the cats? No, these pictures. I tried hard to just find you fun pictures. They're not historically accurate. (laughs) The eyeballs, yes. man, the eyeballs. Well, you gotta look crazy. Ooh. Yeah. So Mary's immoral behavior carried on through deceiving her clients. She had acquired a manner of speaking in a peculiar way that was adapted to her new profession and had had an abundance of credulous victims daily present themselves to her. I mean, that feels like a psychic. Mm, yeah. Fraud and deceit were the only means by which she was able to continue providing for herself, and numerous were the shameless and heartless schemes that she used to dupe her unhappy and all-too-willing victims. Her name had become celebrated in the neighborhood for her success in the arts of divining and witchcraft. 
again. Was she really doing that bad? I'm. She's a really good scam artist. That's right. Right. Yeah. She, I mean, unless she actually was giving them some kind of feedback that was benefiting them. But, you know, that's also kind of like a placebo-y thing. You know, somebody tells you, oh, this amazing thing's going to happen. But then, like, you leave there feeling really good about what you just heard. So it is a placebo in kind of a way, you know? Unless you paid too much. And then you have fortune teller's remorse (laughs) afterwards. Yeah. Okay. But again, eventually... Mary was forced to go on the move with her newly found profession and ended up settling in her new home in Black Dog Lane. I like the name of it. Her husband at this time had returned from the militia, and although he had a job in his family's trade, there was no doubt that he shared the proceeds of his wife's villainies. Exactly. Uh MFR left thinking she was going to fall on her face. She was clearly taking care yeah. of that business. He came back and he she's an back. entrepreneur. Right. He yeah. came back for that money. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, well, he came back and he was like, what, you got a whole business now? Yeah. All right, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I like you again. Mm-hmm. So Mary became well known as a witch in her new hometown and in surrounding areas. She would work cures of evil wishes and all the other kinds of imaginary illnesses. In the spring of 1806, a woman by the name of Mrs. Perigo, who lived with her husband, William Perigo, in a village only a short distance from Leeds, was afflicted with a fluttering in her chest whenever she would lay down. (laughs) Probably breathing issues. Lay off the drugs. Uh, it's called anxiety. That happens to me constantly. (laughs) Uh Uh I always feel like my heart's going to explode and I'm going to die. Or heartburn. Oh, yeah. Every time you lay down and your chest yeah, feels reflux. like it's going to fucking explode. That, that too. It's heartburn, honey. Yeah, acid reflux. Sit up. Yo. Sit up. <laughs> you must sleep sitting up. But Girl, that's what heartburn is, Girl, honey. I slept in a recliner before because it Absolutely. was so bad. Yeah. So she called for the doctor and he assured her that it was just beyond something that he could cure. Because he don't know what heartburn is. <laughs> We ain't got any Pepsi. Right, fam. Eat some chalk. Yeah. It will help. (laughs) It sounds crazy, but eat some fucking chalk. Lick some ash out of your fireplace. (laughs) That's right. You'll be good. That'll be $50. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So he told Mrs. Perigo that an evil wish had been laid upon her and that in order to get relief, she must have the evil removed by someone who practiced magic or sorcery. Doctors. That's the real fucking witches right there. This was laziness. He's just like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Go find someone else. But they make fucking bank. Yeah. For literally doing nothing. He could have literally said, go lick some fucking chalk and she would have been fucking cured. Also, I just feel like this is the like the nexus of the era where the doctors came to your home. So how much did he charge us to come there and say, I don't know what to do. Go to a sorcerer. Sorcerers are good until somebody dies. Same as a doctor. Right. Everybody is all good. Everybody trusts them until one motherfucker dies. <laughs> right. And then everybody's out. You're all out. <laughs> So the next day, she was visited by her niece, who was saddened to see her aunt in such a state. 
She recommended that they immediately make an appeal to Mary Bateman, whose powers she was certain would get rid of any affliction, whether it was brought on by mortal or malicious charms. <laughs> After determining that it was worth a try, Mrs. Perigo's niece went to pay Mary a visit at her house in Black Dog Yard in Leeds. After telling her of the malady by which her aunt was afflicted, Mary said that she knew a lady that lived at Scarborough that may be able to help. She then told the niece that if a flannel petticoat or some other article of clothing that belonged to her aunt was sent to her, that she would relay the message to her friend. Does that make sense? So, bitch clearly said, I need me a flannel jacket. Oh. I ain't got uh, one. I ain't got one. <laughs> I will do whatever you tell me I need to do to get that flannel jacket. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you figured this out already. <laughs> I like the fact that you saw through this in like two seconds flat. I mean, because it just gets worse. I'm not saying that the bitch is not a witch, but what I would like to what I would like to point out is who the fuck put this ailment on this bitch in the first place oh. clearly this has already pissed off a witch i mean so, maybe or she just has a legitimate medical condition my heart does that sometimes you eat the wrong food it can do that absolutely you know on the following tuesday william perigo yes mrs perigo's husband yes arrived at mary's house and handed over his wife's flannel petticoat Mary said that she would write a letter to her friend, Miss Bly, in Scarborough, and that she was certain that she would receive an answer by the same day the following week. Mr. Perigo returned to Mary's home on the following week, where Mary showed him a letter, saying that it had arrived from Miss Bly, and that it contained directions as to what was to be done. She opened the letter and began to read it aloud. It contained an order that Mary Bateman should go to the Perigo's house and should take with her four guinea notes, which is basically money, some kind of money. I looked up to see what a guinea note is, and I don't know that I could find one of like older. They were all kind of like newer looking, but it's like very colorful money, basically. Okay. So she was to go to their house and take with her four guinea notes, which were enclosed in the envelope, and she would sew them into f the four corners of the bed in which Miss Perigo slept. Okay. They were to remain there for 18 months. William was to give her the four other notes to replace the four cent, and they were to be returned to Miss Bly. Unless all these directions were strictly followed, the spell would be useless and would not work. This sounds like... But has anyone contacted you lately about your car's extended warranty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what... Sorry about my dog. He's part of the show now. That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it pretty much is. I mean, it just gets worse and worse. On the 4th of August, Mary went over to the Perigo's home and having shown the four notes to William, proceeded apparently to sew them up in small cloth bags, which she then placed in the four corners of his wife's bed. The four notes desired to be returned were handed to her by William. As Mary prepared to leave, she reminded him to keep stopping by her house in case Miss Bly were to send more letters with further instructions. Mm. 
About two weeks later, another letter had arrived and it contained directions that two horseshoes be nailed up by Mary at the Perigo's door, but that the nails should not be driven in with a hammer, but with the back of a pair of pinchers. And that the pinchers were to be sent back to Miss Bly to remain in the custody of Miss Bly for the 18 months. Mary again visited the home and having nailed up the horseshoes, received and carried off the pinchers. In October, the following letter was received by the Paragos, bearing the signature of the supposed Miss Bly. My dear friend, you must go down to Mary Bateman's at Leeds this next Tuesday with two guinea notes and give them to her. She will in exchange give you two other notes that I have sent to her from Scarborough. And you must buy me a small... You, oh, this is good. You can't even make it through, which means it's good. And you must buy me a small cheese. Oh. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. And you must buy me a small cheese. <laughs> About six or eight pounds in weight. That ain't no small cheese. That's a big cheese. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It must be of your buying, for it is for a particular use, and it is to be carried down to Mary Bateman's. She will send it to me by coach. This letter is to be burned when you are done reading it. So we're in the CIA now. So Mary was hungry. Right. Just a little cheese. Just <laughs> We haven't fondue, bitches. Just a cheese about the size of a newborn. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a big cheese. That's a big cheese. Yeah. A very big cheese. But why the fuck can they not send shit by coach themselves? Yeah. Why does it have to go to her because and then go? <laughs> Mrs. Bly will not deal with anyone but Mary Bateman. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, don't you feel like you'd be like, you already have my petticoat. And now you want a newborn-sized cheese? I don't <laughs> right. think so. Like, something is up. I mean, my spidey senses would definitely be tingling, but I feel like these people really wanted her to get better. So this is over-the-phone, not-in-person psychic. That's yeah. oh, what yeah. this is. Exactly. In the 1700s, this is why we will not pay a psychic for a phone reading that's right for yeah. a phone reading yeah this is the exact same reason because that bitch ain't doing shit right <laughs> from the time of this letter in october until march of the following year a great number of letters were received demanding that the paragos send various different items to miss bly by way of mary bateman all of these were to be preserved by her until the expiration of the 18 months the eight pound cheese I mean... Does it get better with age? Some cheese. It does. Some cheese gets better with age. In the course of the same period, nearly 70 pounds was paid over to Miss Bly. Perigo, upon each of these payments, would receive silk bags containing what were supposed to be coins or notes of corresponding value, which were sewn up in the bed as before. So there's some weird exchange of maybe money just being sewn into her bed silk is really thin yeah so what kind of idiot doesn't go you know just 
Run well, there was obviously their something a in bit. there, but they were stitched up. And think that, oh, there's nothing in here. I mean, it doesn't mean there's nothing in there, you know? In March of 1807, the following letter arrives. My dear friends, I will be ever grateful to you if you will let me have half a dozen pieces of your china, three silver spoons, half a pound of tea, two pounds of loaf sugar, and a tea canister to put the tea in. Or else it will not do. I dare not drink out of my own china. You must burn this with a candle. The china and other items did not, however, get sent by the end of April, at which point they received a follow-up letter. Oh, well, you know, of course, because she didn't get her teaspoon. I dare not drink out of my own cups. Right. (laughs) I'm going to start sending you letters like this. You know what? You should start sending your loaf neighbors this. Yes. That would be funny. You know what? Do you think they would do it, though, because they're afraid? (laughs) Absolutely. Not even because they're afraid. They would, in their own mind think that they were helping me yeah because they are that kind of people Mm -hmm. and they're helping the community Mm -hmm. and if i say i really really need something i don't have i broke all my china i have you didn't break it you just don't want to drink out of your own (laughs) it's not broken my oh my cups they're fine why (laughs) why do you ask i just want to drink out of your cups that's crazy shit some sugar and also the cup that you give me the sugar in right because i have that because i don't have a cup for my sugar right i mean i do but i dare not use it right and please make sure you give me the box for the tea because Uh, yeah yeah i mean i i really like reading the ingredients yeah i need the box it literally says tea right Oh, my Lord. I just couldn't even imagine this happening without immediately being suspicious. So the next letter, the follow-up letter to this one, after they did not send those things, says, My dear friends, I would be obliged to you if you would buy me a bed and bedding, a blanket, a pair of sheets, and a long bolster must one come from your house. You need not buy the best feathers. Common ones will do. I have laid on the floor for three nights and cannot lay on my own bed due to the planets being so bad concerning your life. I must have one of your buying or it will not do. You must bring down the china, the sugar, the caddy, the three silver spoons, and the tea all at the same time when you buy the bed and pack them up all together. My brother's boat will be up in a day or two, and I will order my brother's boatman to collect them at Mary Bateman's. You must give Mary Bateman one shilling for the boatman, and I will place it on your account. Your wife must burn this as soon as it is read, or it will not do. It will not do what, bitch? It will not do jumping jacks? Like, what will it not do? (laughs) It won't get on a boat, I can tell you that. Yeah, this is like crazy banana stuff. I have no idea how these people were immediately just like, Mary, Mary, we're calling you out on this one. Can I just just throw out my theory here? Not yet? Not yet. Okay. I got theories at the end. We got one. Pocket it, unless you're afraid you'll forget it. I mean, I might forget it, but <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to hold on to. It. Okay, hold it in. Anyway, 
the things she's asking for to me are just wild. Uh, how in, in the audacity? Okay, like also, you need to give Mary money for the boat to send me your things. Right. <laughs> like that is the funniest part. I need one shilling right. to send it to myself. That's crazy. That's ordering something on Amazon. Yeah. Having it drop shipped and yeah. then say, I can't, I just couldn't afford the shipping, even though I didn't pay shipping. <laughs> right. I really need you to pay Right. That or that's like when it's getting shipped to you, you ask the person who dropped it off to give you a dollar right. for the shipping that you didn't pay. Right. Right. It's, it's <laughs> ludicrous. It's so crazy. So this letter did not go unanswered, and the pair goes, accompanied by Mary, went to the shops to purchase the various items listed in the letter. These were eventually bought at a cost of 16 pounds and sent to the Lion and Lamb Inn to await the arrival of the supposed messenger. At the end of April, the following letter arrived. My dear friends, I am sorry to tell you that you will catch an illness in the month of May. Oh, that's some bullshit. Yeah, bad news. One or both of you, but I think both, but the works of God must have its course. You will escape the chambers of the grave, though you seem to be dead, yet you will live. Your wife must take half a pound of honey down to Mary Bateman's home, and it must remain there until you come down with the illness. She will put in such stuff as I have sent from Scarborough to her. You must also eat pudding for six days that I will have Mary also put such like stuff as I have sent. So basically she's saying I sent her things to put in this pudding that you have to eat when you get sick. Right. But yeah. this is the only thing that has not been bullshit so far yeah this because this, honey is antibacterial what about pudding i don't know what the fuck was what up kind with of pudding, pudding? rice pudding? I, right i don't Bread know man pudding? but i feel like it is very mild and if getting heartburn every night it's gonna stop her fluttering heart if she eats some pudding and some honey unless it's a uh, witch cake pudding well right yeah i mean but then we would know that mary bateman was a witch that's right. Yeah. So we can't feed it to your dog first. No, but Mary Bateman isn't the witch. Her, oh no. Her friend Miss Bly. Miss Bly mm -hmm. is the witch, yes. She continues to say in the letter, She will give it to your wife, but you must not begin to eat this pudding until I let you know. If ever you find yourself sickly at any time, you must take each of you a teaspoon of this honey. I will remit 20 pounds to you on the 20th day of May, and it will pay a little of what you owe. You must bring this down to Mary Bateman's and burn it at her house. I love that she keeps asking to burn these letters. It's well, great. She, now, she, now she wants to lay her eyes on it. She on it wants getting to burnt. know yeah. that it's going to get burnt. Yes. So the instructions contained in this letter were, were complied with, and Mary have... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, obviously they were. Also, she's a Nigerian prince. Uh, I mean, did you not know that? Right. I mean, she might as well have just had Nigerian prince sign out front of her right. house. So these instructions contained in this letter were complied with, and Mary, having first mixed a white powder in the honey 
handed over six others of the same color and description to Miss Perigo, saying that they must be used in the precise manner instructed or they would all be killed. Okay, if I have to burn the letter and in six months I may get sick, how am I going to follow the instructions precisely without the fucking instructions? You have to just copy them down on a sticky note. <laughs> well, right. shit. Yeah, I wouldn't remember that. I left that. my sticky notes in my other pockets. <laughs> Why, when you can fit 75 pads in your dress? <laughs> I know. Well, see? I know you got sticky notes of all colors in there. That's right. That's right. Oh, my God. All right. So on the 5th of May, another letter arrived in the following terms. My dear friends, uh-huh. I bet, bet you did not know that was coming. <laughs> didn't. <laughs> didn't. I didn't see not. that. Mm-mm. You must begin to eat the pudding on the 11th of May. So now she's telling them that they have to eat the pudding, but they're not sick yet. And you must put one of the powders in every day <laughs> as they are marked for six days. You must see it put in yourself every day or else it will not do. If you find yourself sickly at any time... You must not see the doctor, for it will not do. (laughs) And you must not let the boy that used to eat with you eat of the pudding for six days. You must make only just as much as you each can eat yourselves. If there is any left, it will not do. You must keep... I'm having so trouble. This is so crazy. It will not do. It will not do. It will not do. It will not do. I'm just going to start saying that randomly when we go places. This will not do. Is this iced tea sweetened? (laughs) This will not do. That's right. Oh, my God. Are there beans on my taco? I'm already weird. Like, I don't need to be weirder. (laughs) Um, It's true. You scare people away already. I know. uh, You don't have to try. At least my neighbors don't think I'm a witch. They're not delivering pea cakes to my front door. I feel like maybe that's what happened. I think so. I think so. You must keep the door locked and eat as fast as possible, or you will be overcome by some enemy. Take my directions, or else it will kill us all. About the 25th of May, I will come to Leeds and send for your wife to Mary Bateman's. Your wife will take me by the hand and say, God bless you that I ever found you out, and it has pleased God to send me into that world I may destroy the works of darkness. I call them the works of darkness because they are dark to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Captain Obvious. I was going to say, so we're writing at a sixth grade level. (laughs) Maybe if third graders wrote, this would be that. (laughs) Right? Now mind what I say, whatever you do, this letter must be burned in straw on the hearth by your wife. Once again, the Paragos followed the directions that they were given, and they began to eat the puddings on the day instructed for five days. And fucking died because it was poison. Right? The end. (laughs) No one asked you to look into the future, Alice. Again. I mean, I'm looking into the past. You gotta okay? stop. You gotta stop doing this. It keeps <laughs> ruining every surprise we have. All the movies we watch are just blown within the first two minutes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. God, this is why we can't have fun. <laughs> I'm not having any fun right now. 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's grown up time. (laughs) Sure doesn't feel like it. No. No. All right. They start eating the puddings. Uh, They had no particular flavor, but upon the sixth day of the powder being mixed, the pudding was so nauseating that William could only eat one or two mouthfuls, while his wife managed to swallow three or four. They both began to violently vomit. Miss Perigo, whose faith was greater than that of her husband's, moved on to eating the honey. Okay. Well, the pudding clearly had no taste. <laughs> kind of seems like it'd be like rice pudding or bread pudding or not like chocolate pudding because right. that would be delicious, but you know. Their sickness continued during the whole day, but although Mrs. Perigo suffered the most intense vomiting and cramps, she refused to call for the doctor for fear that the charm should be broken by Miss Bly's directions being opposed. William began to slowly recover from the illness, But his wife, who continued to eat the honey, continued daily to feel weaker. She ultimately succumbed to her illness on the 24th of May. Her last words were a request to her husband not to be rash with Mary Bateman, but to await the coming of the appointed time. Jesus. That is a nice woman. Like, if I were on my deathbed and suddenly realized that, like, I had been taken and then killed... I would be saying some very, very not no. th- not those words. I think that bitch doesn't know she's been taken. Uh, me, me I not. think she thinks she's going to come back to fucking life from necromancy. She has all the faith in the world. She just poisoned herself to death and is like, please, please respect our dear friend. Mary. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so... A surgeon was then called to see her body, but although he expressed his firm belief that the death of the deceased was caused by her having taken poison, (laughs) and although that impression was confirmed by the circumstance of a cat dying immediately after it had eaten some of the pudding, no further steps were taken to ascertain the real cause of death. William even continued communication with Mary. She can't be found guilty for murder because that bitch didn't like kill anybody which was <laughs> if this was happening right fucking now right and she had fucking johnny depp's lawyer this bitch would be <laughs> but only if she had johnny <laughs> right. depp's lawyer camilla yes she or was... like all five of them yeah honestly because he had so many yeah <laughs> yeah she'd be walking free yes making movies yes <laughs> Upon his informing Mary of his wife's death, she at once declared that it was attributed to her having eaten all the honey at once. Then, in the beginning of June, Mr. Perigo received the following letter from Miss Bly. My dear friend. More demands. What kind of bullshit? I am sorry to tell you that your wife did not follow my instructions as I ordered her to. For that reason, it has caused her death and had nearly killed me at Scarborough and Mary Bateman at Leeds, and you all. For this reason, she will rise from the grave, she will stroke your face with her right hand, and you will lose the use of one side. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. That's that's kind of a stroke. Yeah. But I will pray for you. I would not have you go to a doctor, for it will not do. (laughs) 
I mean, she is. She's got some testicles on her. That's for damn Ooh. sure. I would have you to eat and drink what you like, and you will be better. Now, my dear friend, take my directions, and it will be better for you. Pray, God bless you. Amen, amen. You must burn this letter immediately after reading it. <laughs> because we're in the CI fucking A. <laughs> oh! <laughs> when I was reading this, it was bananas to me, and it's still bananas. Um, also, she just basically said that your wife is going to come back and give you a stroke. Mm-hmm. Letters were also subsequently received by him purporting to be from the same person in which the new demands were for clothing, coals, and other articles were made. But at length, in the month of October 1808, two years having elapsed since the end of the charm, he thought that the time had fully arrived when, if any good effects were to be produced from it, they would have been apparent. Absolutely. And that, therefore, he was entitled to look for his money in the bed. So he has not even touched this money bed yet. I mean, they've just been dead for two years. Yeah. Um, and well, he waited the 18 months, and then two years after that, he waited because he was waiting for something good to happen. Right. This but man, I don't know. The money was supposed to be there for 18 months, and it would heal your wife, and instead she died. <laughs> yeah. And you decided you weren't going to, like, you know. Investigate that. Investigate because <laughs> your shit already didn't work. He did just that, and he commenced a search for the little cloth bags in which his notes and money had been sewn up. But although the bags, indeed, were in precisely the same positions in which they had been placed in the bed by his deceased wife, the notes and gold had turned into rotten cabbage leaves. <laughs> I told you there was something in those there bags. There was something nasty. In the- How did you not smell that shit? Did he and his wife sleep in separate beds? That's... I- in the 1700s, probably. Maybe, Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, but how would you not ever go? Like, you're grieving. I mean, I guess some people don't want to go in areas where a loved one has died, but how would he not have, like, gone in there? Or how would his other, like, servants not have said, you know, we changed the sheets six times, and it's right. not the sheets, you know? Well, but, again. People were stinkier. At that time, right. At that time, the bed was made out. I don't think they really changed sheets. I think they right. slept on the bed right. and had covers. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was just the fabric that was packed full of the filling, I guess. Yeah. It was then, and only then, that William realized the full extent of the darkness by which the truth had been obscured. Only when. Not when his wife died. Nope. Not when he got sick. Not when he had to go shopping for somebody he didn't know and send them his tea. It was only... When he realized his money was gone, that he realized this. So he decided he would go to visit Mary Bateman and basically kind of set a little trap. And uh, having communicated with her, he met with her under the pretense of receiving a bottle of medicine to cure him from the effects of the puddings, which he was still having two years later. But he led the authorities right to her. Upon her house being searched, nearly all the property sent to the supposed Miss Bly was found in her possession. Oh, shit. 
The bottle containing a liquid mixed with two powders of which proved to be oatmeal and the other arsenic was taken from her pocket, her giant pockets. Yeah. And she was taken into custody. Good. She was indicted at York on the 18th of March in 1809 for the murder of Rebecca Perigo. The examinations of the witnesses who were called to support the case for the prosecution showed that Miss Bateman was well known for being a witch. And I actually have a picture of Mary Bateman. Well, not a picture. A crude sketch. I feel your feelings about the picture of this woman. I feel like she doesn't look trustworthy. No? Nope. I I wouldn't trust her with my witch cake. (laughs) I just don't. People that want to believe in witches, psychics, aliens, whatever. Me. Yes. And, And me. But people that want to believe that someone is going to heal them of something. Yeah. They will pay any amount of money. Yeah. They will poison themselves. Yeah. They will do literally anything for that person. For the hope of this thing yeah. happening to them. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. The rest of the evidence against Mary went to show that there was no such person as Miss Bly living in Scarborough. <gasps> Shocked and appalled. <laughs> And that all the letters which had been received by the Paragos were in her own handwriting and had sent by her to Scarborough to be transmitted back again. Yeah, it's hard to believe, I know. Uh, An attempt was also proved to have been made by her to purchase some arsenic at a local shop in the month of April in 1807. But the most important testimony was that of a a Mr. Clory, the surgeon, who distinctly proved that he had analyzed what remained of the pudding and of the contents of the honeypot, and he found them both to contain a deadly poison. And also the symptoms exhibited by the deceased and her husband were such that would have arisen from the administration of such a drug. So Mary's defense consisted of a simple, I didn't do it. <laughs> That's it. Obviously, um, it was blind. Mary just said, I wasn't there. I didn't do it. I, don't know. <laughs> I just read the letters. I just took the money. I just took the bedding and the spoons. and <laughs> The fucking tea box. Yeah. I mean, I have my own. <laughs> but but it will not do. <laughs> Why oh. three spoons, though? Oh, because I think she had a child. They had a kid. Uh, it was just not mentioned uh. in any of this. So. so the jury had a large body of evidence laid before them to prove that Mary had engaged in schemes of fraud against the deceased and her husband. The jury, after conferring for a moment, just a moment, found Mary guilty, and the judge proceeded to pass sentence upon her. Quote, The sentence of the law is, and the court doth award it, that you be taken to the place from whence you came, and from thence on Monday next, to the place of execution, 
there to be hanged by the neck until you are dead and your body be given to the surgeons to be dissected and autonomized. And may Almighty God have mercy upon your soul. End quote. That's how the surgeons know poisoning oh. and shit. They clearly are like doing Dissecting autopsies. Dissecting people, yeah. So the clerk, uh, the clerk then said to Mary Bateman, he said, Mary Bateman, what have you to say? Why immediate execution should not be awarded against you? To this, Mary pleaded that she was 22 weeks pregnant. Oh. And she also just can't stop lying. Upon hearing this, the judge ordered the sheriff to gather a jury of matrons. In about half an hour, 12 married women were chosen and they were sworn into court and charged to inquire whether the prisoner was in fact pregnant. That's a big friggin' deal. The jury of matrons then retired with the prisoner and on their return into court delivered their verdict, which was that Mary Bateman was not with child. The execution, of course, was not postponed, and Mary was remanded back to the prison. Nice try, Mary. And she just lied to the end. On the day preceding her execution, she wrote a letter to her husband in which she enclosed her wedding ring with the request that it may be given to her daughter. So she did have a daughter. She admitted that she had been guilty of many frauds, but still denied that she had any intention to produce the death of Mr. or Mrs. Perigo. Monday morning at 5 o'clock, she was called from her cell to undergo the last sentence of the law. She received communion with some other prisoners who were about to be executed on the same day. When she appeared on the platform, a deep silence swept amongst the enormous crowd of onlookers, which had been collected to witness the execution. And throw a rock. Finally, the Reverend Mr. Brown asked Mary one last time for a confession, but her only reply was a repetition of the declaration of her innocence. And in the next moments, her existence would be terminated. (laughs) (laughs) You're like... I don't care. It won't do. That's right. <laughs> this won't do. This will not do. That should be her last word. I know. Why were those This not? won't do. <laughs> oh, okay. No problem. Right. You're free to go. I'm <laughs> like, sorry. It won't do. Here's your enormous dress with your pockets full of arsenic. We believe you. Yep. Her body remained suspended for the usual amount of time before being cut down and sent to the general infirmary at Leeds. The immense crowd of people had followed to meet the hearse in which her body was carried, and so great was the desire of the people to see her remains that the infirmary collected a payment from each person admitted to the apartment in which she was held. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) Here is our last picture. Those are actually Mary Bateman's bones. Where are her legs? Um, eaten by wolves. No, I have no idea. Um, they have from the pelvic bone up, and she's missing one portion, portion of, of her one arm. arm. Right, 
But uh, yeah, they've got it hanging by the head in a museum or something somewhere. But Oh, I was going to say, where is she? Can we go visit her? I mean, we can, but we have to go really far away. Which I know you're fine with because you want an adult vacation. I do want an adult vacation. I don't like the way she's hanging there like She looks like she's waving. She's like, hi. She looks (laughs) alive. Yeah, it's pretty freaky. She's missing her bottom jaw, too, which just makes her mouth look like it's a gaping hole. Uh-huh. And her eyeball. I mean, it looks like there's eyeballs in there. It mm-hmm. actually... I mean, It's just black, but yeah. It, But it looks like, I don't know, looking at you. I mean, at least her eyes aren't bleeding. That's true. <laughs> I mean, they're gone. There's no eyeballs in the socket. Right. At least so. you still have eyeballs. Right. So, All right. We are at theories. Do you recall your, your theory? I do. Okay. So, real quick... Here's my theory. Okay. Mary was not a witch. She was a scam artist. (laughs) That's it. That's my theory. For as much as I read, that's all I got. (laughs) The husband. Okay. Your theory is? The husband. Oh, he wanted her dad? He left her, right? Wait. Whose husband? Mary's. Oh, Mary's husband. Yes. Okay. I thought you were talking about Mr. Perigo. No, 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 no. Mary's husband. Okay. So he took off, Mm -hmm. but before he took off, she was getting into all of this trouble, and she was stealing and doing all of this crazy shit. He comes back, and all of a sudden, we have this legit company where she's a witch now, Mm -hmm. and she has gone good while he's gone. She's working. Well, she's still deceiving people. I mean, she's still deceiving people, but she has like... A legit job sure. that she is like doing daily, making yeah. money, whatever. Yes. The husband clearly never had any problem spending her money. He came back and was like, let's up this a little bit because those first few letters and yeah. whatever were nowhere near no. the same. They were completely. They got greedier. Absolutely. Yeah. And it got greedier after he came back. She always meant to scam them. Yeah. I do not think she actually legit wanted this lady to die. She probably did poison them. I mean, she definitely did poison them. But you think the husband was kind of like chirping in her ear like, this is what we got to do. Like, you have to. Yeah. I feel like the husband got greedy and was like, you can definitely get better than this. Like, we need a new bed and. Because that bed won't do. (laughs) That's right. Shit won't fucking do. <laughs> so ye- I need this and this and this and this, and you're gonna get it for me. I I I think that's a good theory. I I like it. Well, the other thing that so when you were saying it's the husband, I kind like my brain went right to Mr. Perigo. Like, was this a psychic murder for hire <laughs> situation? You know, but it wasn't his his wife's heart fluttering had nothing to do with or it. But was, did he take it and run? You know, or was he fucking her? Oh, I mean, he could have been having sex with. The I Mary. mean, let's let's go back. This is Mary Bateman. What do you think? No, no, <laughs> right. I think he probably wasn't. Um, no, because. She will not do. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to like get me on that one. She will not do. She will not do. do. So the other, the one other thing I want to bring up in theories, it's not really theory. It's just a question. And we've already addressed this is how 
in the world did this husband not catch on that he was being robbed for more than two years? He's giving this woman all this stuff and it's going through another woman. He's never met the healer woman. I just don't know how after the first letter you weren't like, you're trying to steal my things. She clearly has some sort of silver tongue. And there's yeah. a lot of people oh, yeah. that could talk you out of anything. Yeah. And she clearly could. Yeah. But I, I, I She talked him out of his pants? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she probably could have. But especially since his wife's in bed dying every night. Yes. I mean. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he had a lot of time on his hands. But she insisted that he give her a chance. Yeah. And she, continue she to said, listen to her. don't be rash with her. Yeah. I just, it's the end of it all. I just feel like I don't, I mean, with her history of lying and stealing and thievery and moving around and being in trouble and apprehended even, I just feel like this woman was just not a witch. She was a scam artist. Absolutely. So five years old is when she started acting this way. Apparently, yes. Apparently, supposedly children see or know things rather than listen to her people were like she's fucking crazy maybe and she's been known as a witch pretty much her whole life maybe she was like ostracized for talking about it when she was younger so she kind of rebelled i guess but she clearly had some sort of gift because people were paying her money to do this yeah so either in that time she got greedier because people stopped paying her yeah or her greediness came from somewhere else, like her fucking husband. Right. But she clearly could say whatever. But let's... You I know, don't know. I like that you're defending her. <laughs> let's say she really was a psychic. Okay. And she said some shit. And she knew... I mean, I don't think it has to, you know, be really terrible to know that common ailments sure. can be... Take it. So, yeah, she scammed a little bit of money. She's yeah. like, whatever. I'll lead him on for a few months, whatever. Right. But then really ramped it up. Right. But yeah. then I'm going to give them something that will actually help. Yeah. Like honey with a whole bunch of tinctures or whatever. Sure. But it wasn't that. It was laced with poison. It wasn't that. I like that you're defending her. I feel like <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't know that I'm defending her. No, you're just playing devil's advocate. That's right. Yeah, I'm just saying the devil's may, advocate. Maybe she really has been cursed with some shit her whole life. Maybe I mean, and just doesn't know how to deal with it. So she has just become a petty thief. Yeah. And criminal. Nobody wants to talk to the creepy girl. No. I think you should just run outside at like random points during the day and yell, it will not do. And run back in. It will not do. It will not do. So any other thoughts? No. Did you like it? No. Um, I I tried so hard. No. I know. It wasn't very witchy to me. Well, they call her the Yorkshire witch. Yes, but she's clearly just a scam artist. Well, the story is clearly just about the scammy part. If she had not like killed people, she probably would not be famous. Right, absolutely. You know, so she would have just been some other witch in the pile. Yeah. Well, not the pile. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely piles of witches, I'm sure. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
if anything, Mm -hmm. why the fuck is she called a witch? Yeah. If anything, she should be called a psychic. But again, that was a witch back then. Yeah. Literally anything. Well, I think they got all lumped together, kind of. What I do think was exciting is the fact that they had women come into the courtroom to assess her pregnancy. So questions about that. Did they, like, pick her up, lay her on a table, and, like, look up in there? Oh, I'm Uh, sure. What did they do? How do we assess this? I'm sure there were some Did she have to urinate on a box of donuts? (laughs) Is that how that works? Oh, no, but there is a plant that changes color. Oh. And I'm pretty sure it turns blue. Really? When you're pregnant. When you're pregnant. Weird. That's a thing that has to be looked up because I could be, like, could be told I'm completely off base, but I'm pretty sure there is a plant that does that. Or maybe it was... Maybe it was wheat. Okay, so real quick, before you look that up, I got one little last thing here. So I wanted to put something a little fun at the end. Not like that whole thing wasn't terribly fun. Okay. I wanted to give you some new, old ways to call someone evil. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. I knew you would like it. (laughs) See, I sandwiched the story between fun things. Okay, so the first one I have is a ruffian. I'm sure you've heard that. And it literally means a devil. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because you generally call children acting badly that a ruffian. Bold. They are the devil. Ugh, but teenagers. teenagers are the devil. And also ruffians. Yes. Anyone under 16. <laughs> uh, so the next one I have... You're going to love this one, and I'm sure you've called somebody this at least once in your life. Shit sack. (laughs) (laughs) And this was meant to be a dastardly person. A dastardly person. Now if you're shit sack, (laughs) I mean, I think it's a literal translation at this point. (laughs) Right. Right? You are a sack of shits. (laughs) Can I just say? End of story. I love the conviction of your shit <laughs> You just say it so. You say it so. It's because I stare into the mirror and I recite <laughs> I it. <laughs> I call myself shit sack every morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. It really lights a fire under me to get out of bed and write stories for you. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. that you can tell me that you didn't like my story. <laughs> I did not tell you that. I didn't so tonight, like it. before I go to bed, I will be calling myself a shit sack. <laughs> oh my god! You love me so much. Oh, okay, you. here's the next one. Okay, am I prepared for it? Yes. Okay. Not as good as shit sack. <laughs> okay. Sad dog. Oh, yeah. That's sad. It is, uh, but that one is meant to be a wicked person. What? You are a sad dog. I don't know. That just makes me it think makes like me you're think a bad a... person, not a wicked person, I guess. No, it makes me think of a sad dog, yeah. which makes me sad. Yes. Okay, so this next one I really like, and I just want to like work it into our normal daily vernacular somehow. Okay. Ooh, vernacular. Damn, girl. I just worked the word vernacular into our you vernacular. You did. did. That was. Did that. Hellborn babe. 
Hellborn babe. Mm-hmm. And that is a lewd, graceless young person with a wicked disposition. Oh. You know a couple people you I know could call a that, right? A couple of those. Yes. <laughs> Hellborn babe. I like that Hellborn one. babe. I feel like that's the tattoo that my husband needs to get. Instead of her name. Yeah. Instead of her name. Yeah. I think that In that... parentheses underneath, you can say her name real little. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Dad, you didn't get mine. Oh, oh yeah, I, I did. did. <laughs> Trust me. I totally did. It's right there. Yes. Uh, so the next one I have is a hellhound. Now, we've all heard mm-hmm. of a hellhound, but I've never used it. I've never heard it used as, like, something to call somebody. And it means a wicked loner, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. All right. You ready for the last one? Oh, it must be good. I just don't know that I'm going to say it right, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. Or else I'm a shit sack. (laughs) I was going to say, you shit sack. Okay. Goodyear pig. Not a Goodyear pig. (laughs) (laughs) Not like the tire. A Goodyear. Goodyear. Y-E-R. Okay. Goodyear's pig. pig. Yes. And that is someone that is only happy when up to bad things. Ooh. So I don't know. I, I heard a ruffian and shit sack, obviously, <laughs> but the other ones I'd never really heard of. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Goodyear pig. Tell me what it means again. Someone that is only happy when up to... When up to bad things oh that has been tattooed on my husband <laughs> <laughs> oh man yep <laughs> and we have a new show topic there's also only one tattoo that he has that is a real child's name <laughs> No, the one, the Goodger pig <laughs> would be the one that got covered up. <laughs> yes. The one that. The ex-wife. Yes. <laughs> and she's a Goodyear's pig. Goodyear's pig. A Goodyear pig. It's like Goodyear. You're, I, I don't know. you're a Goodyear pig. I don't know. I <laughs> definitely gravitate toward shit sack. <laughs> well, <laughs> but again. You're clearly using it in the literal sense. Well, I think we should say goodbye. <laughs> I think we should say goodbye. We hope everybody has a lovely Halloween. <laughs> and um, yeah, we should go get drunk now. <laughs> yeah. And don't yeah. do anything we wouldn't yeah. do. Uh, by the way, we weren't drunk during this whole thing. At uh, absolutely no. not. No. It is just water. <laughs> so if you don't like us sober, don't rate or review. Yes. Thank you. You'll be a shit sack. do you have a story that's weird or fascinating would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode if so please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com i look forward to hearing your stories If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.